0: So many podcasters miss the opportunity to direct more traffic to their site and optimize their content for Google. So I invited SEO optimizers, Brandon Leibowitz onto the show to demystify SEO and give you all the tips to SEO your podcast content, including keyword research, backlinks, competitor analysis, and what to publish on your site. Let's get started. So, hey, welcome to the Leverage Your Podcast Show. I'm your host, Lindsay Phillips of smoothbusinesspodcasting.com. My goal is to help you leverage podcasting to skyrocket your visibility, authority, and business by sharing insider secrets from podcast industry experts, including myself, who have created a successful business through podcasting. So let's dive in. Hey guys. Um, so you've probably heard me talk about creating content using your podcast. And one of the best ways to create content is obviously on your website. And for one of the purposes is creating SEO. And I find that a lot of podcasters, and you probably find this too, Brandon, is that they, don't necessarily understand the whole concept of SEO. So of course, welcome Brandon Lebowitz um, with SEO Optimizers. And uh, so we're going to talk about SEO.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me on today.
0: You betcha. So Thanks. for those maybe that, I mean, we're in the business, so we can kind of understand some of these terms, but some podcasters are a little new to, you know, online digital marketing and all those nuances. So can you explain for new podcasters, What SEO is?
1: Yeah, SEO is search engine optimization, which means optimizing websites for search engines, which usually is Google. Google kind of runs everything. So when you search on Google, there's ads at the top. Those are all paid ads, but right below the ads are the organic listings, the free listings. So SEO is getting in those free listings on Google, but it doesn't necessarily have to be Google. It could be any website with a search engine. So it could be on Amazon, it could be on Yelp, it could be on social media to be on podcasting platforms. So anywhere where there's a search feature, there's ways to optimize and try to get more of that free traffic.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And the name of the game is to get more attention and for people finding ways for people to find you, right? And obviously work with you and so forth. Now we were mentioned earlier that um a lot of podcasters don't necessarily publish their content from a podcast on their website they use like their host or like libsyn for example or just itunes and so forth um would you how important would you say it is to publish on your website and why
1: well your website is yours so you own it so yeah that's the main reason is you get full control everything else you're just renting space off other websites Uh And they could take you down anytime or they could do all these things. But with your website, you own that forever. So that's why you want to put everything on your website because then you get full control and you could send people to your website. Instead of sending people to a Spotify link and helping Spotify get more traffic. Now you're helping yeah, right? your website get more traffic, which is the biggest thing. You want to promote yourself. All these yeah. third-party sites are just ways to hopefully get people to go to your website. Like social media is just a way to people to hopefully go to your website
0: Mm -hmm. all that
1: stuff you just want drive traffic to your website because that's yours and you get full control there
0: I agree and to me it's like there's so much real estate on a website for converting a listener to a lead you know the sidebar call to actions and so forth so to me it's like it's double duty
1: Mm -hmm. yep but at least you get that full control and that's the
0: thing I know. I love that. So when we say, because I've actually had this with, with new clients and I'm like, and and I do podcast leverage audits and I've said, I'm like, Oh, like you need to publish your podcast on your website. And it surprised me that they didn't quite know what that meant. And for me, I kind of say it like, kind of like a blog post, but for the podcast. So how would you frame it? And what would you recommend?
1: No, pretty much what you said. is just each episode of your blog should be its own, or I mean, episode of your podcast should be its own blog or its own yeah. page, but essentially you can just think of it as like a blog and just adding <clears> new <throat> blog posts. And it's a way to keep your website updated with fresh content as well, because Google likes content. So yes. right, your pages for each one also lets you target different keywords and hopefully get you more traffic and visibility on Google Doing SEO because yeah. SEO, the more pages you have, the more keywords you can target, the more opportunities you have to rank and the more visibility you're going to be able to get.
0: That's true. And I want to touch upon two a uh, few things, one show notes and then also keywords. Um, so when, when you're creating a post or blog post or whatever you want to call it for your podcast episode, like what do you need on that page in order to help with your rankings?
1: Well, the main thing is, Text Google can't read images or videos mm-hmm. or understand audio yet. They're trying to, but I know they rely on text. So, the more text you have, the better. So, embedding the audio or the video of the podcast is great, but then you have to have some text that supports it either a summary summarizing it. If it's a mm-hmm. long podcast, like an hour long podcast, you could just summarize it, have little timestamps for the different sections. But if it's like 10 minutes, then maybe you could transcribe it. But I know after 20 30 minutes, Transcript is going to be really long and might be a little too much, but the more text, the better Google feeds okay. off text. So if you're writing a hundred words on your page, that's great. If you write 400, even better. If you write a thousand, even better. So the more text, the happier Google's going to be as long as it's original. Can't be copied yeah. from one page to another.
0: Totally. Is there a like a, a word count that is like ideal like you shouldn't go this short or you shouldn't go this long or like any guidelines that are specific?
1: Yeah. The best way is to take the keyword that you want to rank for. So if you're trying to rank for whatever it is, leadership podcast, you could throw that into Google, see who's on that first page of Google, open up all the websites on that first page of Google, skip over the ads. The ads aren't doing SEO, but open up all the websites Yeah, and you can see how much text each page has and average it Ooh. out if you see all the websites have 100 words then you probably just need 150 words Ooh. If everyone has 2,000 words you probably need 2,100 words but it just comes down to how much your competitors have it's not really a one size fits all because imagine oh. you have a website and someone asks what's two plus two you don't need to write 2,000 words about that but if someone's saying how do I fix a flat tire on my car, maybe write a couple thousand words about that. So yeah. it just depends on the context of what their question, what they're searching for and how much needs to be there. Cause it's not really a one size fits all. A lot of people okay, say, that's good to know. But, yeah. yeah, and that's a great tip.
0: That. I've never actually done that, Brandon, where it's like, see what actually comes up and what is on their pages so that you can com- compare. And yeah, I've never thought about it that way. And so there are so many different kinds of show notes. Do you have a preference on like, what is right? What is wrong? Like, does it matter if it's bullets? Does it matter if you have the timestamps? I know some people love or hate transcripts.
1: Uh, As long as you're adding text. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It just depends on how much time you have. If you want to do transcripts or timestamps or bullet points, but you need to add text. If you're not adding any text. Yeah it's going to be really tough for this Google or anyone to understand what that page is about or what that podcast is yeah. about.
0: For sure. And then per, like for me, I also think about it, like oh, who's going to read it? Like, is it easy to read? Is it easy to skim? Like just to kind of like look at those factors as well besides Google. Um, Cause I know when I go to show notes pages and I see transcripts, like my eyes just glaze over. <laughs> but mm-hmm. if I see like, captions or quotes or headlines or it's it's categorized or organized then i'm like okay i can like i like to skim (laughs) that's just my preference
1: no it's much easier for humans so you gotta get that balance for people and for google for google they need all that text for people we don't want to just see a big block of text so you gotta break it up make it easy to read and digest and not just have a big chunk of a thousand words nobody wants to see that
0: i know you got to think about the user experience too right
1: Mm-hmm. such a big part of it.
0: I know. So and I've even had to train my team on this. It's like finding keywords. I find like people get so hung up on that. They just take like part of the title and they use that as a keyword, but it like, that's, that's not going to work either. So like Can you explain kind of like the logic or how people should think about keywords and then we'll kind of dive into like what tools to use.
1: Keywords are just what you think people are searching. So you got to take a step back and think if you're looking for your product or service or episode or whatever it is that you're promoting, what would you be searching? Where would you go? What platforms would you be using and where would you, what would you be searching? And it's kind of tough, but got to just take a step back and pretend you've never heard of your product or service. Yeah. And just come with a clean slate, which is tough for a lot of people. But you can just go into Google and search for your keywords and see who's on that first page of Google. Yeah. And again, just look at the organic, skip over the ads. And you could look at the blue clickable link. That's called the SEO title tag. And that's where everyone's putting their keywords. So you could quickly research your competitors, see what they're doing. Because if they're on that first page of Google, they're doing something right. So
0: yeah, look at seriously. their keywords
1: get ideas, and then try to figure out which ones are relevant, which ones are not relevant, and then incorporate them into your website. But first you want to do the keyword research and use tools to make sure that people actually search for these keywords. So there's a ton of different tools out there, but a free one is the Google Keyword Planner. It will show you how many people search for that keyword every single month. So you can see, is this a good keyword or should I use a synonym or a plural or a singular version? Because those are going to have major differences in the search volume.
0: Yeah. And how many, like, are there rules of like how many letters or words should be in that keyword? Because I know some people like to keep it short and succinct. Some people go longer on the keyword phrase, like, does it matter?
1: I uh, should always do longer, never do one or two word keywords. Those are really broad, generic keywords mm-hmm. that have no intent behind them and are hyper competitive. Whereas keywords that are two or more words, less people are going to be using it but there's intent behind it and less competition. Like if you're just trying to be selling tennis shoes and you want to rank for like tennis shoes or men's shoes, that's okay. But what does that keyword mean? It can mean a ton of different things. It doesn't mean they're looking to buy, but if someone searches for men's tennis shoes, Nike size, 10 color, white, it's a long keyword. Not many people are going to be using it, but they know exactly what they want, what size, what color brand. So they're ready to make a purchase. Whereas someone just searching for tennis shoes, what is is that yeah. mean? too many different things
0: I know or tennis shoes for teenagers or like whatever it may be. But I love the word that you used and that was intent. Um, I know when I was training my team, I was like, you know, don't just look at the title that our clients give us. Like, what is the focus of the article? What is the intent behind the article? And then, cause there's so many like angles you can go at and then to do the search on all those different types. Often, sometimes it's quite surprising. You're like, oh, I think this keyword is going to work. And then you're like, oh, no one searches for that. All right. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's, you, you have to look at the data.
1: Yeah. Yep. You got to look at the data. It's all there for you, if you. Just tap into it. So the Google keyword planner, it's free and yeah. you all that data.
0: Yeah. I use, um, signed up for Uber suggest Neil Patel's tool. Um, it's super easy to use. I know there's others like, uh, SEMrush, I think, I don't know. There's, a ton of other tools that you can pay for. Do you use some of those?
1: Yeah, but they take all their data from the Google Keyword Planner and just make it look prettier. So it's all from the Google Keyword Planner, all their data. Every website that's doing keyword research and showing you numbers, they're all pulling it from Google Keyword Planner or at least 99% of them Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's from Google. So they're just taking that data and making it look nice into like different graphs and charts. Mm. But it's all from that Keyword Planner, which is 100% free. All those tools that you mentioned are... Like a hundred dollars. Some of them
0: are expensive. Which
1: which they work, but it just depends on your budget. And if you're trying to do SEO full time, then buy a tool. If you're just doing it part time, or yeah, I don't think you really need to buy those tools. Or you buy it for like one month and then cancel it.
0: Yeah, that's great to know. Mine, thankfully, was a good deal. (laughs) I just paid for the year, and I have my whole team use it. So, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it was so much easier. Um, now, when you're searching for like in those planners and looking at a keyword, like say I'm I did a podcast episode on how to pitch to be on more shows, and so when you're searching those terms, like what are you looking for? Like, is there? Yeah, I'll I'll let you kind of explain it.
1: Um, I'm looking for just keywords that are long tail keywords that don't have a lot of search volume. I mean, that have a decent amount of search volume. So if it has zero monthly searches, maybe it's not the best keyword, No. but I always take everything with a grain of salt. Cause sometimes I'll see keywords that have zero searches. I'm like, I search for that keyword all the time. So I don't know why it's showing zero. So oh,
0: interesting.
1: And sometimes zero click key- search keywords are actually better because there's no competition for them and people still search. I mean, nowadays I think half the searches are new that Google sees every single day that they've never seen before, especially with the voice search. That's the biggest one and misspellings and things like that.
0: Yeah, totally. Is there, because like if I search something and there's like, I don't know, 50,000 searches a month on that thing, like is, should I go for something lower? Because like, how do you, I guess what I'm asking is, how do you know if it's highly competitive and it's worth using or not using?
1: Uh, you just take that keyword and search it in Google. So I don't really look at the search volume and say, oh, this says 50,000. This is a great keyword. I look at that and say, all right, let me search in Google, see who's on that first page of Google. And if it's a bunch of big corporations, then maybe I'll skip that keyword. Unless yeah, yeah. I'm a big corporation. But if you're a small, medium-sized business, then you want to see small, medium-sized websites appear. Mm. If it's just big, big sites, then that's who you're competing with. It's not competing against Google. It's competing against those 10 websites on that first page of Google.
0: Yeah. That's true. I never thought of looking at it that way. Like if it's people that are kind of like the same type of business as you, then you have a hope and hack to, <laughs> to help mm-hmm. rank for it. But if you're, you know, battling Coca-Cola, then you you kind of have no hope
1: <laughs> in mm-hmm. ranking
0: for whatever that keyword is.
1: Yep. Yep. We got to just search <clears throat> and actually see who's on that first page. That helps out a lot.
0: Yeah. I never thought of looking at it that way. I always kind of, yeah, it's funny how like someone else just has to reframe it differently. And it's like, Oh I never thought of looking at it that way. Um do you look at any like competitor competitor analysis at all like to see mm-hmm. what they're ranking for or what they're doing is mm-hmm. that useful at all?
1: Oh that's all I do is look at the competitors because whoever's okay. on that first page of Google they're doing something right so Right. Get their shaggies and incorporate it into your own website, look at their keywords, look at their backlinks, look at everything that they've done because all transparent if you look in the right places.
0: Yeah. What do you find easier? Right making the content and then kind of like rejigging it for the keyword? Or do you create content based on keywords? Do you know what I'm saying? It's like
1: a little bit of both. Okay. Just depends. Yeah. Each way. Yeah. Yeah. Because
0: I know sometimes I've created podcasts and I've like my solo episodes and I've searched for specific keywords to see how I can frame that episode. It's harder when you're guesting on a show or they're guesting on yours, but Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Have you ever like for a podcaster would it be useful to um, see other podcasts that are similar to yours and see what they're doing? Like, is there a way to do that even?
1: Mm -hmm. No, definitely. You could just search on like iTunes for business podcasts. If you're a business podcast or whatever the keyword is and, You can see what other people are using for their titles, Mm. for descriptions, for their closed captions, all that stuff. And just do that competitive analysis because you got to look at the competitors, see what they're doing. Yeah. That's who you're competing with.
0: Yeah. It'll give you lots of ideas too, right?
1: Mm -hmm. Now, I know one of
0: the things that, you know, a lot of SEO companies and yourself, and I've heard you on other podcasts, is talking about like backlinks. And so can you explain like what they are, how they work and how a podcaster who's guesting or hosting can use that to their advantage?
1: Well, so backlinks are clickable links from other websites that point to yours. So if you're reading an article, let's say on the newyorktimes.com and in there it says Brandon Leibowitz and you click on that and it goes to my website, I'd be getting a backlink from the newyorktimes.com. So the more websites that have clickable links that point to yours, the more trust Google gives to you, it's like a popularity contest. It's like that website is voting for you saying, yeah, we trust you. We believe that you are who you say you are because Google just doesn't trust any website. So you have to build that trust up in the
0: mm-hmm. way to
1: build trust is through getting backlinks, getting those other websites to mention you.
0: So then really guesting on other people's podcasts, you're naturally creating all those links to your sites, your social media platforms and all that stuff. And that helps build trust. Am I getting that right?
1: Yeah, but you don't want to send backlinks to your social media because oh yeah, sorry, I meant media website, rank yeah. So yeah. yeah, yeah, you always want to send everything back to your website because if you're like, hey, check me out on Facebook, and it's that clickable link to Facebook, then you're just helping Facebook rank higher on Google.
0: Yeah, yeah, no thanks. <laughs> you no, know,
1: you want yourself to rank higher. You don't want to help Facebook or Instagram or YouTube or Twitter or any of these yeah. platforms. you want to get your traffic to your website.
0: That makes total sense. Now I obviously have a business and a podcast. Is it worthwhile to try to have keywords that are like just my name or like, how would I even go about that? Or does it matter?
1: It just depends if you want to brand your name. Like my name is Brandon Leibowitz. So there's not too many of me. So it's pretty easy for me to rank for my keywords. If your name is like John Smith or like Tom Cruise, where you have a name that's a celebrity, then you might want to start branding yourself. But It just comes down to the competition. So I would search in Google, see who shows up. And if you're not appearing, then maybe you want to start putting your name in a little bit more. But if you're already dominating and ranking for all your name variations, then I wouldn't worry about it too much. But it just depends on how unique your name is. If your name is unique, you're good to go. If it's kind of popular and more generic, then it's going to be a lot more work to get you up there.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I don't know uh, out there, but it's like everyone Googles their name at some point. (laughs) For me there's another Lindsay Phillips but she spells it slightly wrong and she's famous for like making flip-flops. She makes really like she has like a shoe brand.
1: <laughs> nice. But
0: other than that there's just me and her so I'm like whoo.
1: <laughs> That's good. That makes it easier. Much much easier.
0: I know, right? So funny. Um what else was I going to ask you? Um oh, so you mentioned um that Google only wants text so does it matter about like embedding the youtube version of the podcast anywhere or does it really not factor in
1: i would embed the video on youtube as many places as possible because if you want to rank higher on youtube
0: uh yes part of
1: youtube's algorithm is not backlinks but embeds so the more websites embed your video it's like you're building backlinks to that youtube video
0: okay so i should be uh Giving my podcast hosts or guests the uh, the YouTube link to embed on their site.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, yeah. The more places you embed that yeah. YouTube, the higher you're gonna rank on YouTube. So sweet deal. That's, yeah, yeah. Everyone wants more visibility on YouTube. YouTube's a uh, one of the top three most popular websites out there. So
0: that it Go. is. Oh my, its it search capacity is like a whole nother separate beast.
1: Mm -hmm. and google owns youtube YouTube as well so yeah another reason why google's gonna push youtube forever as much as they can
0: yeah that makes sense so i know it's important to put our podcast episodes on like quote-unquote blog posts is it important to have a web page that's like about the podcast um or does that even does it matter
1: I mean usually you should put like an about us contact us like a normal website would have all that privacy policy terms of service so you want to make your website look real and a real website would have all that stuff yeah just a sentence or two about you but at least you have something there
0: but I mean like a page like I obviously have the about about me but like is it important to have a page that's about your podcast show in general to help rank for your show name or does is is that important?
1: Well, you can incorporate it into the about me page with you. So oh, okay. I have it all in on that one about Yeah, me yeah. About us. Yeah. I wanna have multiple about us. It's gonna confuse people.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um now I know like for me in my WordPress, the back end of it, I have SEO Yoast, which is a plugin and tool that helps me with the keywords and so forth. Um I know there are other tools. Are there any that you recommend and any tips to help um, SEO that post?
1: I mean, it just depends on what platform. If you're on Shopify, they're not going to have all the same plugins. I think no. that Shopify. If you're on Squarespace or Wix, and these are all third-party tools. It's just what you do with them. Just installing a plugin or a tool, it's going to do nothing really until you do it or use it. So it's all about how you use it, how you put those keywords in it and all how you do the keyword research, how you incorporate them into your content. But I don't look at those tools too much with what they're telling you to recommend because these tools are just third party tools. They don't know Google's after them. They're just telling you to do stuff that used to work, but doesn't necessarily work nowadays. So I don't look at what they're telling you. I just take it with a grain of salt and say, okay, this is good to look at, but I don't trust half that stuff.
0: That's good to know. So when you are creating that blog post Like, I know um, you're supposed to put that pepper, that keyword itself into the text throughout, you know, and have it in the title. So what kind of guidelines should we be looking at besides just putting the keyword in the keyword box? There's obviously steps that you need to optimize that post itself besides having a lot of text. Like, are there things that we should and shouldn't do?
1: Um, you should definitely write for people. Don't worry about putting keywords in there. If okay. your keywords don't pop up in there, then you're probably not writing about that topic. So <laughs> write for people. Don't worry too much about Google because nowadays that's not how you should write. Maybe five, 10 years ago, you write for Google. Now you yeah. write for people. But the title is the most important place to put the keywords. Okay. Title, 60 characters after that, most platforms will cut it off. And
0: yeah. that's what
1: happens. As many keywords as possible without repeating yourself. And that's you know, title for a blog post, a podcast, an article, a video. It doesn't matter. Any title for anything online. The most important thing is put those keywords in the title. Then the content should support it. If the content doesn't support it, then you probably got to figure out, I'm not writing about the right topic. Let me rewrite this because those keywords should naturally just emerge. You don't need to just throw them in there to throw them in there. That's yeah, yeah, for sure. the old way to do it, which used to work, but doesn't work as well.
0: I know. And I remember some people used to actually put the keyword in it, but put it in white text. So it's like, it's kind of there, but like it's not native to the content. It, and they thought they could like pull one over Google's eyes.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Do you, no. did
0: you ever hear heard of that?
1: Mm, yeah, no, Google sees all those tricks. You could put like font size 0.001 and then match the color to the background. And, yeah, yeah. But Google will see that. And- I know.
0: It's smarter. And how important is the meta description? And do you have any tips for that?
1: So there's the SEO title tag, which is that blue clickable link in Google, that's 60 characters. That's the most important place to put your keywords. Then that black text underneath that blue clickable link in Google is called the meta description. It's a 160 characters, and that should just be like two or three sentences that describe what that page is about with the call to action. Most people Don't put a call to action saying like shop now or learn more or call today for a free consultation or whatever it is, but God put something in there to differentiate yourself. Mm. And unfortunately, half the time you put a meta description in there, Google's going to just put their own. So yeah, they don't look at what you put anymore, unfortunately.
0: No, and it won't make sense. I know it's so hard to keep within the 160 characters. I'll tell (laughs)
1: you. Yeah, just two or three sentences. I know.
0: Yeah. Which summarizes. Yeah. Uh, makes total sense um any other tips to help podcasters um before we close up
1: i just say be consistent with it if you can maybe get like a schedule once a week once Mm -hmm. a month but just have some schedule for people that helps out and cross promote on your social media channels but ultimately send all the traffic back to your website because you should just send people one link be like here's where my podcast is it's on my website don't give them 20 different places to go on Spotify oh, yeah. and iHeartRadio and, and it gets too confusing. Less is better.
0: Yeah. I love that. That totally helps. Cause I have seen a lot of people put a whole bunch of links um, in a post and I'm like, uh, which one do I need to click? <laughs> yeah. And I always default to the website cause I like to see the image and I like to see the other stuff. And um, I actually listen to podcasts on people's websites. I don't listen in iTunes or Spotify, or I know that may be weird, but it's what I do.
1: <laughs> oh, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong at all. So everyone's got the preference and you're just yeah. helping the websites get more visibility. So that's yeah. good that doing that.
0: Totally. So I'm helping people's SEO.
1: <laughs> yep. yep, You're definitely really doing a little work, helping them out for sure.
0: Awesome. And so obviously you help entrepreneurs um, with SEO and their websites. So tell us a little bit more about your business and then where people can find you.
1: Yeah. So for everyone that wants to learn more, I actually created a special gift for them. Nice. If they go to my website at seooptimizers.com, that's dot com forward slash gift. And they can find that gift there along with a bunch of classes I've done over the years mm. that shows step-by-step how to do a lot of stuff that we talked about are oh, nice. all there for free. And also if they want to book some time on my calendar for a free website analysis, I'm happy to check out the website from an SEO point of view and let them know what's working, what's not working. And they could book some time on my calendar there as well.
0: Perfect. All right. I appreciate your tips and SEO can feel so daunting, um, for a lot of new podcasters and entrepreneurs out there. So, um, yeah, thanks for breaking it down.
1: Yeah. Thank you for having me on today.
0: All right. See you guys. And that is a wrap for this episode of the Leverage Your Podcast show. What is your next step? Head to leverageyourpodcastshow.com to listen to more episodes to get more insider secrets. And if you are now itching to take advantage of the power of podcasting and launch your own podcast, be sure to grab my free launch guide at launchyourpodcastguide.com. We'll see you soon.